Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Comedians Talking About Super League Football. Yes, this is a special episode of the podcast and we'll be covering what has been the craziest 48 hours of English football since we won a penalty shootout three years ago. I'm Sam Michael and here with me today is Dan Fitzhenry, Lee Hudson and Jamie DeSelza. How are you doing, boys? You right? Very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Um, so here's everything we know so far as we record this podcast on Wednesday, the 21st of April 2021. So on Sunday night at around 11 p.m., six Premier League clubs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Tottenham all confirmed they would be taking part in a European Super League. What followed was a Monday of calm as ex-footballers, football fans and the sporting <laughs> press took a calm and collective view of the whole thing. And uh, no, what, what followed was mass protesting outside the ground, uh, an angry Gary Neville rant and the crushing realisation from fans that their team may never compete for a Premier League title ever again. Or as that's also known, a normal Saturday being a Man United fan. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, I said, good, the mate. Super League came and went in 48 <laughs> hours, meaning in its short history, Jose Mourinho was the only Super League manager ever sacked. Arsenal finished top of the table on merit. And along with the FA Cup, League Cup and European Cup, the Super League is the fourth competition Liverpool have exited this season. Clop out. So... <laughs> On Monday night, following an overwhelming negative response to the news of the Super League, on Tuesday evening, around the same time it was announced, 11pm, all Premier League clubs had formally withdrawn from the European Super League. So, boys, fucking hell. Uh, (laughs) 
Where do you even start with this? That's talk. We might as well be polite and talk to the reigning champions of the uh, supporter of the reigning champions of the Super League, which is Arsenal, who on merit finished top of the table. Congratulations, Jamie. It's great to see Arsenal back to winning ways. Uh, let's just get first reactions from you all, starting with Jamie. When the news came out Sunday night, what were your thoughts? Well, I think we're just drawn to Fulham, you know. So I was like disappointed about that. And then, and then there was like the thing about the Super League came out and it was like that Fulham match was completely because all, all the we scored a last minute equaliser and Eddie and Ketia, our striker, was like cup in the air, you know, to an empty stadium at home against Fulham. And we were like, the kind of discourse was that that was an outrage. And then literally an hour later, it was like, it was just a 20 year old going like that. Why are we getting so worked up about it? It's fine. But yeah, it was, it's, it's awful, isn't it? It's not a surprise, but it was was awful, I think. Uh, Dan, Man United fan, your thoughts straight away. I mean, you've had a lot of issues. We spoke about it when you were my guest on, on Comedians Talking About Football, talking about the Glaziers and their mm-hmm. actions owning Manchester United. This must have been, well, I was going to say the final straw, but I mean, I don't know how many final straws you can have as an owner. What were your first thoughts when you heard this? Just just disgusted, to be honest, mate. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was, uh, like like most Man United fans, like most football fans, I think, it was just an absolute kick in the teeth. You know, it was it was pretty clear straight away that it was all about money. Obviously, there was no consultation with the fans. There was no respect of, of the history. And it was it was just it honestly made me want to give up supporting Man United. Now, I know I'm not alone. I know that there were lots of supporters of of these big six on social media who were kind of saying, oh yeah, well that that's it. That's I I, I saw videos of people literally um cutting their season tickets in half. And I, I don't blame him. You know, I think that if we had gone into it, I know we'll discuss obviously the fact that we didn't, but if we had, I would have never wanted and I don't really want to give any more money to the Glazers anyway. And uh, you know, I, I certainly don't imagine I'll be buying any more shirts or or going to uh, going to Old Trafford even and until things are, are resolved, if if indeed they can be. But yeah, just absolutely outraged, mate. I really was. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of reaction like that, like you were saying about supporting the team. A lot of people are <laughs> thinking, well, if they're not going to be a Premier League team, they're not taking my money. They're not taking my support anymore. You know, I saw even people who have been on this podcast before, David, David Alfie Ward was contacting Leighton Orient asking if they're taking members at the moment. You had Mark Olver, a Liverpool fan, wearing an Everton mm. fan hat. Now I've made sure I've screenshotted every single person who wore <laughs> a rival shirt to use it in the future when they claim to be a proper fan. Um, nice. Speaking of proper fans, the only person here, uh, <laughs> uh, Lee Hudson, you're a, a Saints fan, and uh, of course, um, I mean, you, I mean, people listening to this, the future will be shocked to hear that Southampton weren't even considered for the Super League. Um, but what, what, as as, a, as someone who was a supporter of a team outside the top six, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, bear in mind you just come off the, uh, an FA Cup semi final, losing to to Leicester. Hate to bring that up again, but they were then going into a final against a team who was going to turn their back on the FA Cup the following season, uh, hypothetically. So it must have been angry to hear that because the FA Cup, out of all the four remaining teams, I mean, I know it means a lot to Leicester, but I really think it meant so much to Southampton fans, uh, a club with a lot of history. And there was Man City and Chelsea in the other cup final who were literally saying, we don't even want to bother with this cup anymore. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's just the lack of like self-awareness from everyone involved was quite staggering really about how the level of disrespect it showed to every other club 
in the pyramid system would be sort of taken. Um, and even like the fans of their own clubs, it's just the fact that there, it was also cloak and dagger and behind closed doors and not even discussed with anyone outside of their own little group was, I think, the thing that really rankled with everyone to blindside their own players and coaches and stuff as well. Um, was all pretty disgusting, really, to then just throw it out there and you know into the open and just everyone has to sort of deal with the fallout of it was um, was just really bad, I thought. Um, but I mean, I don't know who the hell was advising these people who was doing their PR or whatever because you could focus group that for five minutes and realise that it's a terrible, terrible idea that's going to mm. kick off um, on a huge scale because there was no consideration to anyone outside of their own clubs. I know they spun a line about giving money back to the football pyramid and whatnot. But I think that was just paying at lip service, to be honest. It was um, it was purely motivated by sort of the self-interest. I wouldn't say the self-interest of the clubs because obviously the players, the fans, the managers have shown that's not the case. It's the self-interest of the execs. Um, and when their interests are the, you know, the only thing that matters, which it's been close to that anyway in football, um, yeah. but when it becomes really obvious that that's it, um, you know, people aren't going to take that line down, are they? No, I mean, one thing I think the whole incident did was I feel it made all football fans look a bit stupid, like in the sense that it was all non-football fans who were, you know, everyone, we were all guilty over the last few days, especially as comedians making hot takes and, you know, comments about the situation. But I think the best takes really were from non-football fans who were like, why are you surprised at this? Like, how have you not seen this coming? I think maybe we did. I mean, uh, Jamie, Arsene Wenger, I remember, was talking about this around 2010. Some of his quotes came out again. But do you think that, like, although we maybe saw this being considered down the line, do you think it was the fact that it literally just went boom and happened within one night that shocked fans? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's like they had a fully, like, I mean, it sounded like they had, like, the way they pronounced, the the way they announced it was like, this is going to happen. Because they did that, I mean, like earlier in the year they, or last year, they did that project big picture thing. Do you remember that? Where I think it was like the big six get some extra. They kind of dipped their toe in the water a little bit with stuff that kind of everyone thought was bollocks. And I think, yeah, this one just seemed like quite fully formed, I suppose, when they announced it. it was not that any form of it, because I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to have a Champions League kind of reform, right? Which is going to be potentially quite similar to the Super League anyway. Which is how I always thought, because I mean, like, as Wenger's been saying for years, like, the Super League's probably, unfortunately, might happen at, at some point. You think they'll do it gradually? Not that that makes it any better. But, um, yeah. It's, I think it's the, thing with, um, the thing with this, Jamie, sorry to interrupt you, mate, is the, the fact that they kind of did all this work it, it, and then didn't, literally didn't consult anyone, as you said. The fact yeah. that they kind of went this far with it and just assumed that it would be all right. And it was the, it was the literally, they didn't care. There was quotes from like an unnamed board member who was like, Oh, well, you know, football is not what's important here. You know, we're, our job is to, to make money. And that's, that's, we we'll deal with the backlash. We don't care. And as football fans who pay money to watch it, you know, it's, it, just fills us all with rage and i know that from a non-football fan point of view you're probably like i know my family for example i've i've explained that the last couple of days when i thought that this was going to happen i've genuinely felt really sad like really sad like angry irrational you know really upset about the whole thing and no one can understand that at all but the the fact that 
they have now kind of backtracked uh, is it, it just shows you that they, they couldn't care less. And the, I don't know if you saw the Liverpool owners apology today, you know, he actually fair play seemed quite genuine. You know, the Glazers have written a statement and it was just like, couldn't care less. Oh, we're, we're sorry that you got upset um, because, you know, we, we did this thing and we didn't realize it would upset you. Sorry. Like, fuck off, mate. Yeah. Arsenal were the only ones who actually tweeted an apology yeah. when they announced it. It was the bluntness of some of the clubs just being like, oh, yeah, we don't yeah, fancy this Dan anymore. Was like, you just, just said, you know. we regret the upset that was caused. It's like, it's mm. the worst. If someone gives you that kind of apology, that's like, it's like, I'm sorry that, that you felt that way. Do you know what I mean? It's not actually an apology. But yeah, I mean, not that Arsenal... from start to finish, wasn't it? The whole thing. Yeah, not to say that Arsenal's apology meant anything. When they said sorry, I don't, you know, it just means they... Sorry, I did... Sorry, I did 30 minutes of shit and I only had a 10 spot. I do apologise. Fuck off. (laughs) I basically, I tried to describe it to my wife because my wife was a bit confused of how, what what does this mean? It doesn't matter. If they leave, Like it's not even going to affect your team. Your team aren't even in the Premier League. I was like, well, the best way I could describe it to her was imagine EastEnders, but they took away the Queen Vic, you know, Danny Dyer, Cat Slater, the the main six characters and moved them to Hollyoaks. And then EastEnders had to carry on as EastEnders, but they weren't allowed to go on television anymore at 7.30. They had to go on at three (laughs) in the morning. I was like, that is the kind of nearest comparison I could could, could get to make her understand. And it absolutely shocked her. And she was straight down Old Trafford (laughs) after that. Um, No, sure. uh, But... um, well, there is a thing of that. that I think the scary thing is, like you were saying, Dan, is that these meetings have obviously been going on mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and another thing as well is that I feel like there was obviously a big American influence on this with American sport, it basically becoming a lot like an American sport type of league. And I thought the most interesting quote yesterday that came from a board member uh, who was American, this was on Sky Sports, I don't know how accurate it was, but this guy seems basically spoke to some directors and one of them said well we just don't understand why you have relegation in football (laughs) which is really quite scary I mean don't get me wrong I mean someone who's suffered relegation it's a horrible horrible thing but imagine just being allowed to lose game after game after game. I know this has happened in certain American sports. They've become teams that are famous for going on losing streaks. They never lose any money. They never lose any, they, they, nothing happens to them. That's, and I think that was scary. That was considered for English football. That's um, you're, you're bang on. Cause that's, what's really ironic about this whole thing is the fact that they've created this super league. And part of the reason that Man United versus Real Madrid or part of the reason that Barcelona versus Liverpool, whatever, is such an event is because it doesn't happen very often. You know, if it happens every, ignoring where the money's coming from, if it happens every week, then naturally it's going to get boring. You know, the novelty will mm. soon wear off. And therefore, how do how do they get the revenue in to, to actually make the, the whole thing happen? It's, yeah, ridiculous. Good point. It's also like what happens to fixtures like you would just never see like Bayern Munich versus Man United again because the German mm. clubs didn't want it. it. Does it create a weird Champions League via UEFA that has some clubs in it and then this other thing that's separate? Because, um, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you're a Juventus fan, you want to see Juve versus Bayern Munich. You don't want to see Juve versus Spurs. Yeah. Well, it's the same in the Premier League. You know, you were thinking, if this gone ahead, you would no longer have a Manchester derby, you wouldn't have the North London derby. And the mm. biggest game you might get is Aston Villa, Newcastle. 
which is because you, you sort of were thinking it was all i think we all went into slight panic mode yesterday and we're thinking what's going to happen so if we just so maybe in in a couple of years time we'll look back and go well that was never going to happen that was never going to happen but do you mm. think it was worrying that these owners could even muck about like this in the first place even if they all sat there and went right we know this isn't going to happen but this is going to fuck things up it's going to make the news it's going to you know it's going to get people noticing us and it's going to shake you for up you know is it is it bad that those guys could even have made a threat if it was a threat yeah i, I think, think they, i think they sh- Oh, sorry, Ganjo. Well, I was going to say, I think it's undeniably bad. Even if they're just using this as a make weight to like for future negotiations with UEFA and stuff, I think it's still like unacceptable, pretty much. You know, there's no excusing it. And it does make you think, even though they've backtracked now, I'm sure like everyone, like Dan, you're saying, in the top two sports, a, a big six team, you're thinking about who who am I going to support? Can I even support another team? Is that even possible? But it's it's got me thinking that I do need to probably support more like non-league you know, I'm definitely going to put more of an effort into going to like the local non-league club and stuff like that, which is not something I did very often beforehand. I'll be honest. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Well, that was my next question is you guys who support these teams, has it left a horrible taste in your mouth? Like in the, especially in the sense of like, I'm, I'm thinking like how must Tottenham fans feel at the moment in the sense that they've got a league cup coming up. They nearly had their team walk out on the league. They've sacked Mourinho six days before, you know, a cup final. It must just be, and we, we don't know the full story at the moment, but it does seem to be that Mourinho might've had an issue with Levy and there might've been some confrontation. Cause it sounds, seems very strange to me that you would sack any manager six days before a cup final that he's got you to. So, um, in that sense, yeah, what do you think the feeling going to be from these top six? And obviously you guys support top, uh, top six teams, as we said, United and Arsenal respectively. How has it left you feeling now for the remainder of the season? It's, it, I feel dampened by the rest of the season because I've got, I've got a season ticket. I don't know if that's, you know, I'm questioning. I mean, I should have been questioning myself before the Super League because obviously Kroenke is not a great guy, you know. <laughs> but like, do I really want to be giving them all that money when they're just, it's so hard. It's like, should I be supported? The thing is, you can't just change who you support. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, like every, everyone who supported Man City, they know all the terrible stuff that their owners are doing. And same with any owner, pretty much, you know, of a big side. But you can't just turn it off like a tap, can you? That's you can't you can't turn it off you know you you i don't know about you guys but i'm 35 years old i've supported man united literally as long as i can remember so 30 years plus and you know i've been through some incredible times i'm more privileged than most football fans in, in terms of the success that my clubs had 100% recognize that but i genuinely over the last few days have um, kind of contemplated if, if that relationship's coming to an end and it's like a, a lifelong relationship you know so and mm. um, it is I, I don't think I could support another club but certainly if I was in a position to let's say I had a Saturday afternoon free I would much rather go and put 50 quid into a non-league club or whatever however much it would cost for me and a mate to go I'd, I think that that would actually have like a tangible difference on that club whereas I could buy a shirt for for Man United and it doesn't even register you know it just doesn't mm. matter whereas the money actually it, it costs to do that is 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 so huge it's um it's a horrible one on the subject of Spurs sorry I've seen quite a lot of um brilliant stuff about no offense but why Spurs and Arsenal were there and Arsenal at least have have got 
you know, semi-recent history. But with Spurs, I saw someone on Twitter compare it, say, uh, oh, it's like if I go to the Crucible and just put 50p on the table. I was going to say, though, on the flip side of that, I mean, this these decisions that were made, it wasn't the fault of the managers or the players. So, I mean, they were innocent in all this. We, we don't know. There was Maybe there were some players rubbing their hands thinking, well, this is going to be an easy paycheck. No pressure. I can just play the game I love and there's going to be no threat of relegation. Who knows? But the majority seemed to be that they didn't want to be involved, especially when they were saying, you know, they're going to cut them out of the World Cup and, and Europe. And do you think the managers and the, the the players, there's going to, we talked about how fans are going to feel after this. Do you think the players and the managers are going to feel bad after this, knowing that essentially their bosses can make ridiculous decisions like that? Yeah, I mean, I think, so we didn't actually, I think Arteta didn't do a press conference in the kind of the nether zone where the Super League was potentially going to be a thing. But like we saw Klopp was furious, wasn't he? Like, you know, I don't think he was happy about it. And I'd, you'd hope it, but I mean, what, what can they do? Like none of them, say like people like, I don't know, like Ryan Mason, obviously it's like his first day on the job, but, and Thomas Tuchel, they didn't seem to come out and condemn it in too strong terms. I don't think, you know, I suppose it is their jobs that are on the line. I don't know, I don't know if that, how much they care as well. Obviously more so than the owners, but probably less so than the fans, I would guess. Yeah. And uh, Lee, do you think that these, these um, teams can get away with these actions without facing some sort of punishment? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was at work and I told my boss... I'm setting up a rival company and I also I'm taking the top six workers with me. And I said, that's definitely happening. That's happening. Like it or lump it. I'm going to stay here for another three months. Sure. And I'll take my bonus at the end of the season. Uh, but still, I'm, I'm going to go and do this. And then two days later, I turned around and went, oh, no, never mind. Didn't fancy it in the end. There's no way I wouldn't face some sort of uh, repercussions. And do you think that should happen to these top six teams now? Um. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I don't know in what form that would take, but I mean, I saw an interview with um, uh, Steve Parrish at Crystal Palace earlier, and he was he was fuming. Mm. Um, and I think there's a real level of mutual trust that might have existed between you know execs and chairman of all the Premier League clubs that is now gone. Um, and I think that'd be pretty hard to repair. But it depends as well the full details because I've seen some people saying that they would have not played in the Premier League and then others saying, oh, they intended to play in the Premier League, but just that would be their European competition midweek kind of thing. In which case, what does that do to European qualification within the league? Like it's all such a mess. And I think, I think just the disregard of the boards of those six clubs for all of the others um, means that there probably will be some sort of repercussions. So I think it, apparently if, if, an, if a vote for something in the, in the Premier League gets put to the the chairman, the 20 clubs, it needs 14 votes to pass. Right. And obviously <laughs> there's 14 clubs that would quite happily vote, I think, against yeah. um, any such measures now. So um, I think that's going to be really interesting to play out, whether they'll park it until the summer um, and try and sort it out in the off-season or uh, or whether something immediate happens. I don't know. It's, um, it's just all such a mess. Yeah, but because if there isn't any punishment and this just gets brushed under the carpet that's surely going to have a, a worrying of long-term effect on football because these owners are going to know well really we can threaten what we want now um so with that in mind i mean if anything if anything does change it's it might change in their favor the only change we might have now is that the champions league 
has a new format and essentially they've they performed some sort of coup and they've got their way and with that in mind how do you think this is um I'll start with you, Dan. How do you think it's going to affect football now going forward? Are there going to be any permanent changes, whether it be in UEFA, whether it be in the Premier League? What do you think is going to change? Um, I certainly hope that there's permanent changes. Yeah, I mean, on the on the subject of punishment, you know, I'm a United fan and I have big hopes of us actually winning something next year and, you know, potentially Europa League this year. But I, I 100% think that all those clubs should be docked points. And it pains me because, you know, we're, we'll obviously... Uh, lessen our, our our position but um, in terms of what might happen with the game you know the fact that so many people the government included you know whatever your political views um, uh, whether they're kind of trying to get working class votes that's that's for a different podcast I'm sure but you know the fact that they were so quick to jump in and say look this cannot happen we will literally change the laws to try and prevent this from going on i think that hopefully that will have a lasting difference on the ownership model you know obviously germany um, is quite famous for having a 50 plus one percent fan owned um and 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 that just wouldn't happen you know bayern and borussia dortmund it was probably floated to them they probably their fans maybe even knew about it before it was widely announced but you can guarantee that they wouldn't have let it happen so i hope that that something happens in that respect but i I think that probably one of the most tangible differences may actually be what we were discussing earlier, you know, people being less willing to, to put money into these big clubs and hit them where it hurts, you know, and hopefully um, put money in at, at the lower end of the pyramid and, and try and do things like AFC Wimbledon and Bury AFC and FC United and Manchester, you know, these people who years ago when the Glazers were found, uh, joined United, you know, they were like, this isn't good news this is we're breaking away and uh, yeah maybe maybe it'll have a more positive effect on that ironically yeah, jamie any changes you think is going to happen let's, let's take the champions league for example is that can yeah. that continue the way it's been going well i think that's that the, i don't know when they're announcing the changes but i think one thing i would worry about like is our fans going to change because as an example like you know newcastle have obviously hated their owner for a very long time and i i, I don't know the exact numbers have I know a lot of fans are unhappy about it. I mean, a lot of them have stopped going to games and stuff, but has it had a material effect on them? Because if not, then you wouldn't expect it to have a material effect on Arsenal and United and Chelsea and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not 100% convinced it will make a difference, but, you know, maybe I'm just being a pessimist. But I think in terms of the Champions League, I think they are going to announce some changes. And I think if they, hopefully, I mean, everyone got pretty motivated and was pretty against having like, you know, set spots for big teams in inverted commas. Um, so hopefully if they announce a similar thing in, you know, they'll think twice about announcing that for the Champions League now. I hope. How about you, Lee? What do you think? Any any change? What about what about attitudes to owners going forward? Is, is there going to be something that follows the German model going forward? Has this been a, a harsh lesson for fans or is, is it just the fact they've got away with it again and nothing's going to change? I think something definitely will change. I think it proves the power of, you know, the fans coming together and uniting behind a cause. Um, and I think it might be a real eye opener to a lot of um, a lot of chairmen and boards because when I mean, you saw the Chelsea fans at Stamford Bridge last night, the Leeds fans um, at Ellen Road the night before, and the fact that there were other fans from other clubs going in as well, um, 
you know, it's it's very rare to see um, football fans of you know Premier League clubs all come together for something rather than you know all the sort of tribal uh, rivalries that normally go on. So I think it definitely shows people that oh, okay, if you you know collectively organise and voice something, that you can actually have an impact now. Um, and I think yeah, that could create a real difference going forward. Hopefully, and um, you know that there is some sort of fan consultation or fan representation on boards. Um, I don't know if it will go quite as far as the German model because I think we're already too far down the sort of full free well, market capitalist route. <laughs> as you can see, the first repercussion is that Saints have gone one 0 up against Tottenham. Has a Super League so, uh, won a match since the announcement because Liverpool drew Chelsea? No, maybe that's going to be the big change. Maybe there's <laughs> going to be a curse. On all Super League teams can never win ever again. I'll take um, it. <laughs> I, I want to finish on this last question because one thing we like to do, and I'm sure we all did it after the last few days, is re- is imagine what would have happened had this gone ahead. So let's imagine for one moment that the Super League is is happening. The, the season ends, uh, City are, are champions, whatever, and then next season they're gone. The top six are gone. So what would the league look like? I'll come back to you, Lee, to start with this one. So with the league, what would it look like with everyone got would we maybe form some sort of coalition with the Scottish League would we bring in Celtic and Rangers uh who would the big teams be would we lose all the money would G- Germany become the biggest team in Europe followed by maybe Portugal and France and then finally whatever was left the Premier League what do you think would happen I I'd, I'd love to see Celtic and Rangers come in if that was the case um I think that would it would have provided the perfect opportunity to do that if those clubs did leave um and then bump up an extra couple from the championship or something because there's obviously some big clubs in that division who've yeah I mean most of that division have been in the Premier League at some point um, so I don't think it would have harmed it um, it's just whether or not the TV companies would have put the same money in that they were putting in before um, That's but who thing. knows it, 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 it would have been you know a real seismic change but um, you know, it, it would have been up to them to adapt and I think one of the best things they could have done is, is bring the big Scottish clubs in finally but, yeah because you're right there, it would have made a it would have made a big change where you, you know your big sort of Monday night football might be at one point Man United and Liverpool, and then you know the following season it might be Reading and Barnsley. You know there is a <laughs> there's a big gap there. Uh, Dan, what do you think might have happened had this all happened? That's just talk fantasy league. What would happen? Um, so ironic you should mention fantasy league because I love fantasy football and you know the the prospect of of doing it next year would have been altogether different having to <laughs> scout um, you know teams that I, know, I don't know an awful lot about but um, yeah I think that I think as we kind of touched upon earlier I think the fans would probably have kind of revolted in a sense I, I do think that there'd be a lot of people who probably would have been like okay well this is evolution we'll just you know I'll, I'll just watch them there but for me personally as I say I think that it dilutes it I think you know the year is only as long as it is and and all this talk of all these additional fixtures it just it, it just dilutes it and it's I don't know if you kind of, I'm sure we all remember when lockdown finished, you know, the crazy end to last season, there were fixtures all the time mm. and that was great. But actually after a little while, you know, it does kind of part, like I said earlier, the novelty value of it kind of almost wears off. But so I think that some of the big teams would have lost supporters. Um, I hope that that would have really hit them, uh, the owners in the pockets, but probably not. Um, but yeah, you know, for me personally, I would have, I would have gone to, to probably supporting Newcastle, which is my brother's team, and um, it would have been absolutely shite. So, what's it going to take you down to support a team locally? <laughs> yeah, and down there so in I, Devon, 
<laughs> I, I, so I, I do um i do love exeter city and i do go kind of semi-regularly or i did go semi-regularly so um that would that would be where i'd put my money certainly but I'm, i just mean in terms of like premier league club i'd like to still follow one um albeit with less passion and and certainly a lot less success i was about to ask what was wrong growing up and being an ex city uh, exeter city fan then i remembered yuri geller uh, with the owner oh, for a little while so you know yeah. um jamie finally you uh the state of the league had the super league gone ahead yeah i don't know i mean i think in terms of like if i was i can imagine if i was a, a british-based premier league football fan i don't think it'd make too much of a difference you know i saw a lot of people were just like yeah get rid of them they don't want to be here and i think that's fine but i think abroad they would have been more concerned about it and i feel like that's they're more fussed about that money than they are do you know what i mean they're more they're more fast about getting tv money than like keeping like the burger stands in the uk and like all the other stuff that like premier league football like subsidize yeah. you know keeps alive no spot on would, actually, would they have actually kicked him out because it would have been a big hit for the i, I don't know i don't know if they were calling a bluff there or not we'll never know i suppose well uh, yeah i mean th- this whole thing really could have been well probably was just a big call cool bluff yeah. to get their own way which is which is sad really it shows that football doesn't change from playing in the park it's literally taking your ball and going home or to a super league um guys thanks so much for joining me uh this evening to talk about this for this special podcast episode of comedians talking about football at the end of what has been probably the maddest 48 hours of english football at least in my memory yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks very much, guys. Football. At the end of the day. Football. It's a funny game. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.